0: Guys in the Gulf. Okay, so anyone that saw last week's episode will know that we're doing a two-part series or, uh, with Trent Dewitt. Uh, he's a local business owner or family business owners, uh, a big advocate of uh, the community in Catherine. Yep, especially the fishing
1: community, wreck fishing community. Owner of uh, yeah, Rod and Rifle Tackle World in Catherine. Um, if you're going through there, make sure you check him out.
0: And, uh, yeah, here it is, part two with Trent DeWitt.
1: Now, you, um, i seen the thing. I reckon you did something on um, – you were on the news one day a while back, maybe last year, year before. You got a crocodile in your backyard? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, old mate.
2: Yeah, I've got, um, got a little oh, – he must be borderline three meter. I've measured him lately. He's he too angry, eh? He's, uh, <laughs> what? he's about three meters. Um, oh, he'd be just under, I reckon. And I've had him since yeah, he was a, a, a little young, and um, I used to live in Darwin there for quite a while, and he was in a fish tank up there. So when you um, when you live in a residential area, you can keep them up to sixty centimeters. Yeah. And once you get onto an acreage, you can have them as big as you want. Yeah. Um, so we're lucky enough now we're on a, on a few acres. So. He's, um, he's got his own little pen there, mate. He's happy, as I he? He just <laughs> go down. I'll throw him a few chicken legs every now and again. and um, Yeah, he's, he's good fun. The kids sort of go down there and just – we have a fair few rules, obviously, because, you know, <laughs> as, as fun as it a is. A two-year-old and a four-year-old, uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah, there's some, their some boundaries. <laughs> but uh, when you have friends come up from south and that, mate, you know, and you can show them a crocodile in the backyard, they love it. And, yeah. Um, I've actually just got um, a permit for a second one. We're going to actually put one in the shop
1: yeah right just
2: on. a little fella um him him, put him on a on a in a um, tank on the counter yeah so people can can get a close-up look at a crocodile as well so
1: yeah we used to have one um cause we, uh, my parents owned the uh, service station in Boralua and um we've had a couple there actually over the years and once again once they get to 60 centimeters you've got to send, send them back and um and get a new one but um yeah I, I had a mate up from down south and uh Uh, He came in late one night and we're sitting out in the backyard, sort of thing, having a couple of beers. And he's going, He said, Every place I've been to, everyone's got a lizard or a snake, or someone said, Yeah, we've got a crocodile here. And he goes, No, you don't. I said, No, in the shop here, we've got a pet crocodile in there. And he didn't believe me. I opened the roller door up. I said, yeah, come have a look. And he goes, oh, is it friendly? I said, yeah, no, nah, it's friendly as, mate. Like, it's it's a pet. Of course it's yeah, friendly. You can pat him. Pat him. Uh, pick him up if you want. I, and I lifted the lid up on the enclosure and he put his hand there to, and I jammed that lid down so he couldn't pull his arm. Out. <laughs> <laughs> that little crocodile was savage. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it'd smash <laughs> it the oh, inside mate. of the enclosure when you walked past it, eh? <laughs> they are aggressive, aren't they? Like, oh, yeah. From such a small thing like that. Yeah. And strong too. Like, oh,
2: mate, yeah. And you can see why, you know, you having one as a pet, you – gives you so much more respect for them, mm. you know, because you just hear like a uh, chicken leg just crunching half. Just, and yeah, you, getting you know, crushed. You go, you're only three metres. Imagine if this thing was five metres long. Yeah. What chance have you got, unfortunately? Yeah. So, you know, and, and the way things are these days, um, Catherine River, for example, the high-level bridge, so that the main bridge in town, for those that aren't familiar, we've got a, a one high-level crossing that, that crosses the Catherine River and then we've got a low-level bridge um, which floods this time of year. We used to be able to swim between the high level and the low level quite mm. often, um, you know, because well, that was obviously after the hunting days, so there wasn't many left. But 2019, I think, um, they caught two crocodiles in there. They hadn't caught one in there for 25 years or something. Yeah. You know? And there was two of them in there, two saltwater ones. So it's just that... And they were big as well, weren't oh, they? Oh, good size, yeah. yeah. People have to you know your mindset has to completely change i used to swim here when i was a kid and it's not not the way anymore yeah um you've got to be wise, no matter where you are those things can be just they're, they're phenomenal you'll you'll come across a floodplain somewhere and they'll just be walking across the floodplain yeah out the middle of
1: nowhere yeah I mean, and they can be a long way from water too like yeah. they can go a long 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 way from water Yep. yep. people don't realize that we, we had um there was a lady here was waiting out at the boat ramp here. And I'm like, mate, you can't, no. don't go in the water here. What are you doing? Yeah. There's crocodiles here. She goes, Oh, no, the water's fresh. I said, Yeah, it's fresh water. There's still crocodiles here. She goes, No, it's fresh water. <laughs> no. Saltwater crocodiles aren't called saltwater yeah. crocodiles because they only live in saltwater. <laughs> <Like> Com- common
2: <laughs> misconception, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Anyway? Yeah. They're, they're, they live
1: in freshwater more than yeah, saltwater, mate. Absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And
2: the places you find them are just scary. Yeah. Absolutely scary. And yeah, I hate to come across one, put your leg in the water, and one comes and says, G'day, i not interested in that.
1: Yeah, well, having a pet one, like, you, you, yeah, you're fully around it. Like, you know, we had one in an enclosure and it'd take you 10 minutes to find it sometimes, you know, because they're, they're that well camouflaged and, they, yep. they like, then they sit so still. Like, have yeah. you ever been to, like, the crocodile farm in Darwin or anything like that or um, uh, was it, like, crocodiles or whatever down across the road from the police station there? Yep. Like, you know, I went in there a few years ago and, um, and you know, you're walking a- across the top of the enclosures and you're looking down and there's, like, a five-meter croc there. And it's, it's such a tiny enclosure and all you can see is his nostrils and his eyes there and, like, the enclosure is not that big. Like, you can only yeah. just fit in there. Yeah, no, that's but right. But y- you wouldn't even know, no. you know what I mean? Like, in the, it's not no more yeah. than a puddle, really.
2: And the same as for a, a creek bed or a billabong out in the middle of nowhere, you come across it, like, especially all these um, cattle farmers and stuff, you know, they, they find the things out in the middle of nowhere in this tiny puddle of water and all you can see is an eyeball sticking out of the mug. Like, yeah. You know, they're just sitting in there till the rains come. Yeah. And they can just shut down. They can just go into a mode where they don't need to eat. They don't need to do anything. They lower their heart rate. They just sit and they can sit for six months. Yeah. You know, they'll whittle away to nothing but they'll survive.
1: Yeah, they don't need to eat that much like, well, I suppose like most reptiles. They don't need to eat much like they can have one feed a year, you know, and that's it. And that's that's the thing like they, they can be sit there and be so patient. That's why we, we tell people like um, people that come to the club, especially new people, Always be careful around the water, you know. You know, you can go down to your boat and do the same thing every day for a year and not, not see a crocodile, but he could be just the same. He could be sitting right there waiting for you right next to the boat Smart like that. buggers
2: too, they're yeah. they watch
1: yeah. you and learn. Th- yep, and they can, they can smell you from a mile away. They can feel the vibrations as you're walking down near the bank. They can size you up and know exactly where you are. And, you know, unfortunately there's been a couple of people, take, not here, but um, around the Territory though, there's been a couple of people over the last few years that have been taken. And, you know... Territorians too, like they're not 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 just tourists, like people that know what they're doing, you just get know complacent, where the place is, mate. Yeah, yeah. 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 and it, it does happen. So
0: like I mean, jumping we, in the water to check transducers. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Shit. That <laughs> 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 yeah, no. So, but out around the islands there, like um, obviously, there's crocodiles <laughs> out there. Um, you can be out in the ocean. There's crocodiles out there, but they're not everywhere like they're um like i know plenty of people and i've done it myself um you know snorkeled out there and and you know getting craze and and spearfishing and that yeah i
2: would definitely go diving for craze out there a lot but it's a it's a bit of a more of a calculated risk i suppose yeah it's sitting there for a little while at the water you know generally oh it's it's hard to say that but Generally, there shouldn't be one out around those islands yeah. too much, you know. Yeah, if you're
1: out in the, out in the, out yeah. in the deep blue, yeah. Obviously, so. on the actual islands themselves, there's plenty of crocs, but um, but when you're actually out in the reefs and stuff away yeah. from there because that's not their normal habitat. No. Plenty right. of big tiger sharks and stuff there. Sure. But like you say, calculated risk, like, um, you know, it's no different if you're surfing in Perth or Adelaide or Sydney even, you know, you get them big white pointers, sharks, you know. Sharks, yeah, mate, exactly. You know, you're, you're yeah. just, just as likely to get eaten bloody swimming at Bondi as you are. Diving for crazy out here. Yeah, 100%. It's just you're a bit further away from hospital. <laughs> <something> yeah. <laughs> Do you get out get crazy much? Do you go diving? No, nah, not anymore. I, I, years ago, like 15 years ago, um, I had a mate that used to live here and um, he was all around it. Like he used to be a pearl diver in Western Australia and he was really, really yep. switched on and knew exactly what he was doing. And I used to jump in with him because he was just really knew what he was doing. But, no, nah, I, I, haven't, I haven't jumped in and, and done it for a long time. But we actually get them um, just land-based, and hey, night time. Yeah, nighttime with the head headlamp because obviously yeah, nice. they, like they glow in the in the torchlight. Yeah, light, they so. light
2: up. They're, they're a beautiful thing. The painted crayon. Yeah, they? like they're pretty cool looking animal.
1: Yeah, they're yeah no unreal. And there's plenty of them here. Like yep. there's miles of them out around them islands there. But yeah, yeah nighttime. Definitely. Um, we were going to do it.
0: We have to do it in, in a video at some stage. We have to do yeah,
1: it. Yeah, we 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 only just talked about this the other day about doing a trip out there, um, going out to the islands and um. Yeah, there's a couple of spots there we know where um, at night time you can go put the headlamp on and just sort of knee-deep water on the coral and, and low tide. Them. Yeah, just walk around with a headlamp and you can see them like like they shine real like real, real bright. It's sort of like a barra's eyes, you know, they're bloody yep. re, um, reflective. luminescent well, sort of painting it, on yeah. them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you can see them with a headlamp and, um, yeah, just hand spear. And then um, I've done it a few times just, um, yeah, usually have like a uh, tub sort of thing And just have it floating behind you Tied to a bit of rope Tied to your shorts or whatever And then just walk around you got to wear boots obviously And that Because it's You know You walk around them rocks You don't want to get Stonefish or something But but yeah, yeah You can see them At night time Hand spear them And then um, chuck them in the tub And yeah Go get uh, You know Three or four of them And have a feed
2: Yeah they're not not bad chewing
1: Yeah Cook
2: them right They're good eh
1: Yeah that's it I think they're um, I don't know They don't really have their own Like um Like flavour Or anything like that I don't think Like you've got to you gotta cook them with something like garlic or something like that. it's usually just garlic butter or something like that. Yeah. But um, or chuck it in like pasta or something like that. You know, I had a friend do
2: mornay once with yeah? it. beautiful, mate. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, spot on. That was the best way I've ever eaten them. Yep. a mornay. Yep.
1: Yeah. Beautiful no, we might nice. have to try that this um this year. We, well, we we talked about it the other day going out and doing it. I'm not sure when the best time of year to do it is. I'm not sure because I. I think they go, they go, like, to breed, they go way out to sea or something to breed as well, I think. Don't oh, I don't know anything about them, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just
2: know that if I
1: throw my mask on, generally you'll find a couple. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah out around them rocks. Yeah. And that, yeah, 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 yeah. Which, again, here there's just miles and miles yeah. and miles of that stuff. So Yeah. You've got to be prepared
2: for them, though. Like, it's a, it's a battle when you're getting them out. Like, you're diving down, um, you know, and they're sitting in a hole. They've got horns on their head that face um, towards you. Yep. so as you're trying to slide your hand in you're getting pricked by the horns yep. on their head they're just such a they're just built to grab hold of a rock and, and not be pulled off yeah um so yeah it's a bit of a battle you gotta if you're gonna go out and look for crays, you gotta be you gotta have something up your arm as well because you're gonna be reaching into rocks and then yep. scratch yep. your arms and
1: you're gonna get infected and yeah so um, we might just do the walk around, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That sounds like a good way to do it. <laughs> we'll let Trent do it. Yeah. No, years ago, like i like say, we're years send ago... It, I've done send in few. the mullet. Yeah, send in yeah, our mullet. Jesus. Where do we start with <laughs> mullet? We're a bit dusty this morning because um, we obviously we're at the uh, the bar was open last night. We had a few beers, but um, yeah, we went home, Try to be uh, half sensible so we could come in early this morning and catch you before you took off and... Uh, got a phone call from Mullet. Uh, he's uh, At midnight, <laughs> yeah, midnight. He's oh, me, me. Date drove down from Darwin to see me, and she's bloody stuck in the side of the road. And I'm, oh no! <laughs> so yesterday afternoon, we uh, we came down and set some stuff up here, and then we went around to Mullet's place to give him a hand lift. And a big, he had a big old. Um, like double door fridge, like commercial style, like shop fridge.
0: About 400 kilos. Oh,
1: mate, it was like, yeah, come off the arc, this thing. It it was heavy (laughs) as a. like it took all three of us, like we had to tip it over onto the back of his ute, took all three of us to lift the engine part of it up and push it on and um, Muller was supposed to take it to the dump. Um, (laughs) Instead... (laughs) <laughs> we went out to help his, uh, help his lady out when she got stuck there last time and <laughs> come across a fridge in the middle of the road. <laughs> so we went out there, got the car out of the bog, come back, lifted it back onto the back of his ute and then got about two k's down the road. <laughs> and the the fridge, fridge is in the middle of the road again. again. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last time I've figured this thing up. Ain't I? I'm, I'm, I'm bastard. Does um, but, um, she know what she's getting into? I
2: don't, I don't think so.
1: <laughs> 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 oh, evidently not. <laughs> <laughs> oh bloody hell yeah he's a wild operator but uh always always good fun though always good fun so um so yeah so you got rod and rifle tackle there mate what's your plans for the future you got um you know any any big uh things coming up that you uh
2: not really mate it's the moment i'm struggling just to staff the shop to be yeah. honest like it's um you know we do the show every year and we we do lots of different things throughout the year but this year, I'm going to really struggle just just for staff. I can't get them. I don't know what happened since COVID, mate. But there's nobody yeah. around yeah. to work. Eh? Seems
0: like every industry is struggling. Yeah, every, from just building, yeah. just everyone is struggling. Yeah, we, we're definitely not. Try right. and get an appointment with yeah. for a medical thing or something at yeah, the moment. Like, no yeah, you'll, you'll have to wait till next I don't year.
2: Understand what happened? I don't know whether like as a society now we've just accepted that that's the way it is. Or, yeah. yeah. Like, um, because we cannot find retail workers. Yeah. Like you know, and I know it's not the most glamorous job, and and it's very repetitive, but. I mean, we used to be able to find – I suppose staff would, um, would come to us looking for a job mm. and now we're begging people to come to us for for a job.
1: It's the other way around. Yeah, I know certainly for us here as the club's expanded, we've um, gone a completely different way now. So we've put in um, some accommodation and now we, we get backpacks to do a lot of, a lot of the actual labour side of the jobs here. So like working behind the bar and in the kitchen and stuff. So we have managers in those positions but – yeah, we um, – yeah,
0: like last year was our first year doing it, but it was it worked really, really well for us. Yeah, you know, yeah. they, they, they needed to I can to do just this. imagine, Trent, like uh, someone comes in and asks the Argentinian who's just got off the plane, oh, where do I catch a barramundi? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a bit different, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem.
2: They <laughs> have to sort of like fishing, know, yeah. as well. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, But there was a good feed there last night. Like that, I'm surprised that, you know, it's the middle of the wet season here, um, but old Grober's is pumping along, eh? Yeah. yeah. It's
1: good. Yeah, we're trying to – um I suppose that's one thing that I've been trying to do is is, is extend our seasons because like if it wasn't that long ago you come in and nothing was open at all. You know, um, you'd be lucky to have the bar open one or two nights a week in the wet season. Um, now we've got it; it's we've got it set. The bar's open, the kitchen's open, three nights a week in the wet season. Once the season kicks in, like last year, for the first time again, uh, I'm off the back of getting um, getting backpackers as workers. <laughs> Um, you know we started opening the bar at lunchtime so during the during the tour season now people can actually go out there and get a feed at lunch yeah, so nice. and they can go and get a schooner at lunchtime another thing we did was you know straight away that was one, one of the sort of first things that I did when I sort of got heavily involved was put beer on tap and then um and we've slowly built that up and now like the place is absolutely rocking you know mm. in the middle of the year you come here and Again, you know, like they say, you build it, they'll come, you know. Yeah. They, um, we actually
2: realised that with, with COVID. Um, you know, when they announced that they were going to shut the borders, mm. we as a business thought we were done. Yeah. Um, but when they shut the borders, territorians started to travel up and down the highway. Yeah. We saw more people then than we did in peak tourist season. Yeah. You wow. know, and, and for us that was a big eye-opener because we just thought we had this season where quiet, crazy, quiet, you know and that was the cycle but now we realize that if you put the effort in during those quieter months, the people are still there they're still around you've just got to yeah you know let them know you're there pretty much and and our seasons have not sort of they're just different now we're not we're not so up and downy you know we're a lot more stable all the time we're just constantly busy um and then obviously we get the peak season we we love the tourists but geez it's hard to get a Bottle of milk or a loaf of bread <laughs> <laughs> from
1: Woolies. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, like here, mate. It just gets crazy here, like um, in the peak of the dry season when this you know, when it's packed out, like yeah. the servo, like they do such a good job here keeping everything, you know, stocked up. But like, you don't want to be there on a Thursday afternoon when the truck's just been in because, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah. And that's oh. what we
2: want, you know, like we, we just want the territory to fill with as many people we can to come and see it and see why we live here and what we do. Um, you know, like coming out here, it's just, you, people. From southern states who don't get to do this sort of stuff, just wouldn't understand the lengths we go to to catch fish. But then also what you what you're doing out there. It's just yeah. um, you know you, there's no one else around you for miles and miles. You know you're the only boat on the water, and you're landing fish of a lifetime constantly. Um, it's just a
1: different world, and everyone can experience it. it is, it is such, and we we've, we've touched on it before, but it's such an important thing too. Like um, fishing, like we said before, fishing. It's not just um, like it's not just a sport; it's a, it's it's a way of life, and it's and it's something that um it's not always just about catching a fish. It's it's gone. 300 k's down the road picking your mate up then driving for 7 hours to get somewhere to jump in the boat for 3 hours to get down the river. Yeah. Um you know to catch yeah. to catch you know a couple of kilos of fish. 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: And then the best part is when someone says, "Oh, you mind bringing me back a couple of fillets? <laughs> yeah. No worries. It's yeah, about $300 a kilo, but yeah. sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's it. But that's that's the whole point though. It's um it's it's that lifestyle uh, without fishing like I don't know the territory would be, would be buggered I think. Yeah. And but,
2: it gets in your blood mate, doesn't yeah. it like it, it's, oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: It's it's an amazing thing, and um, even people that don't like fishing, that you you bring them somewhere like here yep. and and take them out around their miles and stuff. Even if you f- hate fishing, you know you've never you know done it or whatever. Five minutes out there, mate, when you get onto big school of goldies or something like that, and everything's crazy, like yep. it just it instantly everyone's yep. hooked. Day they just love it. Yeah, it, and it's funny, you know,
2: like you say, you drive three hundred k's and you do this and you do that and. I text my wife along the way, you know, I'm here now, I'm here now, I'm here now, you know, and she's like, geez, you're still going, you know. It's three, <laughs> three hours to pick up Brad and then it's five hours to King Ash and then it's a couple <laughs> hours to the island and it's just like, she's like, when, when do you actually get there? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, it's a long way but like it's, yeah, it's just one of them things and you get used to it like I know, um, again, if you live like in Melbourne or Sydney or whatever like that, you get used to driving an hour to work and you're only on a few k's up the road. Yeah, imagine us driving
2: an hour to work. Yeah, you
1: a, know, an we, hour I'm 100k down the road. Yeah, you
2: know? yeah, driving to work, I mean, it takes me about three minutes. I'd lose my mind if it took me any longer than that. Okay? <laughs> yeah,
1: that's it, mate. <laughs> that's it, yeah. There's not too many traffic jams in Catherine. No, eight. definitely not. Although said that, that big
2: tourist season, oh, mate. Oh, tourist, <laughs> tourist <laughs> season. There's intersections, you know, to avoid during the tourist season. Yeah, i tell you yeah she gets a bit crazy
1: in there all the nomads with their caravans and yeah
2: yeah no and the, and the council does a good job they're, they're continually expanding parks for them and that yeah um you know since covid so many people have vans now and they're all yeah. traveling and um you know they come to catherine they they load up they go to darwin then they come back and then they go west or something yep. like that and yeah so um do you
1: think you've, crazy like, time. the town's recovered really well from covid yeah, I think it has. Yeah,
2: apart from the staffing issues, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a bustling little town. It's probably busier than it's ever been. Yeah, especially with the the defence that's going on. You know, the the mining as well. Obviously, a controversial subject is the the Beetaloo Basin and that, which is on yeah. on the way here. Um, but all of that is. Um, contributing to the town's growth and yeah it's a good little um good little place to be at the moment
1: and yeah it's it's like uh, to some extent a necessary evil some of this like mining and stuff obviously controversial and it doesn't always go hand in hand with um with fishing but um a lot of the time you you do need those industries to be able to you know for the government to be able to spend money on things like roads and stuff like the road here's getting upgraded how good's that and you know it's um you know that's unreal like that single lane now is getting dual lanes most of the way yep Without that mining stuff, which a lot of people don't, you know, uh, uh, object to it, but without that you wouldn't have them roads, you wouldn't have that access and, you know, everyone wants that, you know, a a nice trip down here and um, without that mining stuff you wouldn't, you know, you just wouldn't have it. No, exactly. And that that, that dual lane highway from Highway Inn
2: um, now is just – can't wait for that to be finished. Oh yeah, yeah. it's so it nice. So I drive
0: that road, uh, yeah, w- uh, once a fortnight. So yeah. insane, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it being finished. Yeah,
2: yeah. No, just when you get on it now and you just set the cruise control and you sail along, it's, yeah. just, it's a different world. Then you get back on that dual lane, uh that single lane, and she's a bit <laughs> bouncy. Oh, <yeah. laughs>
1: it's a bit rugged. Oh, yeah. <laughs> i'll make. tell you one thing is um something you do um you have at the shop there which we've got around a fair bit is um chopper rods oh, oh. those little rods
2: yeah oh uh, yeah so that was a i think i've got six that <laughs> was a little um just a brainwave of dad and i like you know there was a few out there but they weren't heavy enough yeah um so we just went oh well let's try and make a, a 10 kilo rod that can fit on the dash of your car um or go under the seat of the helicopter or just places that you know if they're a bore runner. Um, on a station you want your fishing rod but you don't want the thing to be long yeah. but also you don't want to spend um, you know a few hundred bucks on like a travel rod like yeah. those ones we were talking about earlier um, these little chopper rods for, for 80 bucks mate they're bulletproof yeah. you can hardly break them eh? yeah that's so. it
1: Well, we've got yeah we've got several of them between us and um, yeah like we f- from Barra Reef Fishing like um, mm. yeah I mean they're Oh, I wouldn't say you'd go, um, yeah, there's not really f- finesse sort of fishing. You oh, no, would, definitely would, not. wouldn't put yeah. a small <laughs> little light lures on them. No, on they're fluk- little day, broomsticks, but, yeah. But – they're just so good. Even um, yeah, chucking on the dash my work boat or yep. um, dash the Toyota, and yep. yeah, it just sits there ready to go. So got a
2: got a pink one now for the ladies, and then I've also just got the the prototype for a spin. Oh, the i oh, Been waiting for this. Yeah, yeah. So the spin, I got it only in um, sort of a week ago, and did a few. We just did a couple of little cosmetic alterations to it, and then they should be in production now. So they should awesome. be far away, and we'll have a have a little spin one as well. And yeah, that, we can't believe how many of those we sell. Yeah. Um, the only thing, we struggle a bit with the shipping. Yeah. Like being in Catherine, um, you know, once upon a time, those rods cost you about 15 bucks to ship them. Yeah. And then something happened with Australia Post where they were five, or six centimetres too long now. Oh, oversized yeah. now. Yeah, yeah so okay. now we can't like to ship them. It's like 80 bucks. Yeah. So um, unfortunately, people sort of buy five or six at a time to make the shipping worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, we had... Um, had Merv Hughes come? We did a um a fishing trip with Merv Hughes not not too long ago, and we went in, in a chopper. Um, one day we took him for a fly to to go and fish some creeks and stuff, and they lent their rods up on the side of the helicopter, mm. and we loaded into the chopper. So I don't know, you know, Squizzy. Have you ever seen his co-host Squizzy? Um, he like so Merv and Squiz, they're they're big units. Yeah, right? yeah. So <laughs> we're in a um we're in a Jet Ranger and. I'm leaning forward. My brother's beside me, uh, leaning on the seat, and then Merv and Squiz are beside me on the other side, and we are just jammed in this helicopter, like properly, <laughs> like it was just like a can of sardines. Anyway, they've lent their rods up against the side of the helicopter forgot to put them in oh, so we've okay. taken off and they probably got chopped to bits we don't know but anyway they're <laughs> not there now but we get all the way out to where we're going and all we've, all we've got is these little chopper rods <laughs> <laughs> so that's all they use the whole time they absolutely loved them just yeah changed their complete mind on them they just thought oh they're gonna be short and crap but you know just for flicking a little hard body they're just perfect for they're,
1: so. they're good when you're in, in especially land-based too if you're um like you're in the timber and that, like they're, you know, nice and short. You can you can actually yeah. flick a lure like we've a full-size rod, you know, two-metre-long rod yep. in the trees all the time with them them little chopper rods. You can just, you know, backhand them. Yep. And, yep. and, and, and um, they've got
2: plenty of balls too, you know, 10 yeah. kilo. You can pull, pull them out a fair bit. And yeah, yeah, yeah well we've got some good
1: barrows with them, like some big yeah. yeah, I see them on the videos. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, no, it's good. Yeah, yeah, we we
0: get, fun. <clears throat> I get, yeah, at least once a week I'll get a message from someone saying, oh, what, what rods are those? Where do I get them? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, he must have sold a bloody shitload of them. Yeah, so,
2: I mean, with the orders of them, literally I, I get in 200 and there's – um you just place the order for the next 200. Yeah. Um, so it's just a revolving door of 200 arrive, you order 200, 200 arrive and it just never stops. And and <laughs> most of the time I sell them before I get the next batch. Yeah. Um, so it's been, yeah, been a good little thing for us. And, you know, we – as a fishing shop – um. You're just looking for that stuff to just be a little bit unique and a little bit different yeah. and, and that's what we really push to do. That's why we've got the Smokers and, and the Yeti and all that different stuff just to try and be a bit unique, yeah. um, you know, because you can go down the road and, and pick up a lure from, from any shop but yeah. you sort of got to give people a reason as to why why should I support you, Yeah, you know, and that's what we work really hard on that and, and give them the reasons to want to come and see us and, and see that when they do spend their money with us, it goes back into the town, you know, yeah. like our... Our logo's on a, on a lot of sports um, uniforms, a lot of kids' uniforms, you yeah. know, and a lot of fishing clubs and, and we just try to support every single thing we can and give us that little unique edge, I suppose.
1: It is it is difficult though too because especially someone like yourself because you are central so I know you support us, like you support King Ash Bay and, and sponsor us for our um, fishing comps and that um, and uh, we try and... Especially all that all territory stuff, we try and reciprocate where we can. So I think, like, I think we might buy our Yetis off you guys yeah, maybe. No, you and then, yeah, um, buy
2: prizes and Yetis,
1: yeah. So, we, you know, we try and um, if pe- people sponsor us and they're, like, someone like fishing shops obviously perfect you know we get sponsorship for we try and you know buy stuff back off you as well to try and make it you know reciprocate but um for you guys being there central and doing so many different things you you guys must get hit up for sponsorship for so much different stuff yeah
2: we do and and <clears throat> we had to sort of um we approach it a different way because we were getting hit up constantly um for stuff and that's fine but people always want cash. Yeah. And that's like, all right, that's all good. So what? What the way I sort of grew up was we used to race a lot of BMX and do a lot of rugby league and stuff and mum and dad didn't have much money to send you away. So they'd send you off with a box of caramel Koalas yeah. or the um, the uh, 50 clubs, you know. So I get a lot of kids come in and, and want to go away for sport. So we give them the opportunity to just cook a barbecue at the front of the shop like yep. every Saturday. I supply everything and set it all up for them. Um, I supply absolutely everything, so whatever they come and cook and sell, um, they get to keep. You know, so I give them a hundred snags, bread, sauce, whatever they want, and all they've got to do is turn up and cook it. So yeah. I just yeah. try to instill that thing in them that you come with your hand out. Um, you know, yeah, I'll give you something, but you're gonna have to work for it. Yeah, a bit, yeah. you know, because it's yeah. not that's not not the way you should operate,
1: I suppose. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're just not not just giving that cash.
2: Yeah, that's right. So we, you
1: know, if, and if they
2: really want it, they'll come and they'll cook it and they'll yeah. enjoy it and. You Know they'll actually see the benefits and it gives them a bit more respect for that money that they've raised. You know, that that three, four, five hundred bucks they might get on that morning, which buys them a plane ticket or whatever it might be. Mm. Um, they'll just have a lot more respect for it because they've sweated, they've they've, um, got up earlier, they've cooked them snags, you know, they've talked to people, and this makes them a bit more aware of, um, of how much effort goes into getting that money, I suppose. Yeah, and so that settled down a fair bit of our um our constantly hit ups you know we 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 have a huge budget for um for sponsorship because that's what we want to do we we want to pour it back into the town you know like um whatever we can support we we will um yeah. to to a point where we we send ourselves pretty silly sometimes with the yeah. amount that we we give away but that's fine um
1: you know that's that's why we're there so with um because like i follow you on, on your socials and that has that changed your business? Do you think in the last few years? Because it certainly seems like that social media side of thing. Like that's like nearly everything I buy these days is influenced by, you yeah, know, what, what you see on yes. Facebook or TikTok or Instagram. Or if,
2: if you're not on there, mate, um, it's you're gonna sort of find it really hard um, to get people to, to notice you. I mean, Mikey, you'd know with with your social stuff, you'd see the difference when you do a post. Um, you know, you get instant results yeah. on whatever it might be, whether you're selling a shirt or a hat or whatever it is. Um, it happens straight away. Like um, you guys probably saw that video with the with the Goldie out there. Yeah. Mm. Um, I posted that with the Starlink. Um, you know, just to show people that I get a product. It's not just about putting it on the shelf. I want to show you me actually using it and yeah, showing you yep. it works. But then you know, you put the link to the shop on there, and they'll purchase a lure or two. And yeah, yeah. that's yep. what you're after. So it's it's good. Um, yeah, the social media, mate, you have to be on it, I believe. Um, not just that, it, there's so many other oh, little tricks and stuff in the background of it, especially with your Google Maps and all that. You know, everyone comes into a town and they want to know what's there, so they Google it and you've got to make sure you've got all your data right in the back end so that, you know, you're popping up. and So that people and, can find you. Yeah, it's it's really, um, it's a bit of a mind-boggling thing to navigate. Lucky there's there's people out there that know what they're doing. Yeah, um, I'd just run a route on it. I was you seem them. to do pretty well. Like, oh, <laughs> no, I just get my ugly face on there. <laughs> I just annoy people in the white stuff. <laughs> nah. oh, I always
1: see you. They're cooking up a feed at the front there. Yeah. And come was, on, your mob, come in and have a hamburger. I just want, yeah. them to,
2: want people to enjoy just like, yeah, I don't want <clears> to <throat> jam stuff down their throat. Just yeah. want to yeah. have a bit of fun and a laugh. And, mate, some of those videos we did back in the day, there's one there, friggin' I looked at it the other day and I just shook my head and went, what did I do that for? <laughs> we, we, uh, we did a Braveheart one. With the um, when the rivers opened, because yeah, they yep. they closed off um, all the rivers during oh not closed off fishing during COVID. Yeah, yeah. And so we were sitting around when they opened the rivers, and someone said. We to do a Braveheart video, like, you know, get back to the rivers and stuff. <laughs> so we went home and we saddled up a horse and I painted myself like bloody old mate Braveheart and we did a video on it and just <laughs> – I look at it now and I just cringe. Yeah. And I just go, what oh. are you doing, mate? I'm going to have to dig that one out of the archives. And <laughs> yeah, don't no, 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 Mike, you'll find it, mate. He'll, oh, put, yeah. he'll, he'll, he'll put a little clip on oh, it. Yeah, I'll But, yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, bloody Joe people. I'm still a human, just being an idiot, having fun, you know. It's good.
1: No, like you say, though, you know, if, you, if you enjoy what you're doing, mate, you don't, you don't really work. You no, know. nah, and it's easy,
2: mate. I work with my mum and dad. You know, a lot of people a lot of people can't do that, probably. Um, and, you know, we have our ups and downs, but, geez, we get along well and, and um, we support each other a lot in all the decisions we make and stuff. And when I first got back, like, um, you know, I was an electrician for 13 or 14 years in Darwin and then I went travelling with my wife and we disappeared for a few years and then came back and the plan was always to go back to the shop. But... Um, when I first got back, it was a a real battle with my old man. Yeah, um, yep. you know we clashed hard on on just you know he's just old school, yeah. which is cool, you know. And then but then like you say, you mentioned social media and stuff. Yep. You got to be on that stuff. So it took a while for him to sort of come around and see that the results of that sort of stuff working. And um, yeah, now we just yeah, it's good.
1: Yeah, now it's just a standard for for yeah. everyone. I mean, I know here like a few. Well, Mikey started pretty much the socials for the fishing club here now like everything gets done on socials 100 all, yeah. all your advertising so we don't pay for any advertising for anything yeah um, yep. it's all just done on socials and yep. and yep. obviously mikey's channel obviously does a massive amount for the club like yep, um, for sure mate yeah a lot of a lot of our um well i would say 99.9 percent of new people that come here would have watched his videos yeah. and, oh, say, and and yeah. and, and sub- a substantial amount of them would have actually travelled here because of his videos. Yeah. So anyone that's planning to come here would, would go and Google King Ash Bay and straight away you'd find Mike's yeah, videos. The first it. hundred results is me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, – and hopefully this podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, and that's why we started doing this is like we'll give something for people when they're driving. Like, it's great. Like, well, obviously people can watch this on YouTube but like – they can download it on Spotify or whatever like that when they are and they can listen to it and they can download yeah. ten episodes and yeah, yeah. and on, on the Absorb drive up and, and King Ash
0: Bay content on the drive up, you know, yeah. If exactly. they're driving for four days to get here. Yeah.
1: Get yeah. get, get them in the mood and um, yeah, try and yeah, get some good information out there for people and And even and just it. paint a picture for people who aren't maybe ever planning to come here, but they just want to
2: understand what it's like. Yeah. yeah. You know, it helps helps give that image in their mind of what, what the place is.
1: Well, we've had um, this, the last few days, we've had a couple of people um, send us a message on our um, uh, podcast um, uh, on um, uh, Facebook Messenger. We had a couple of people, uh, two separate people in the last couple of days that used to come to King Ash Bay like twenty years ago, thirty years ago. And they're going, Oh, I haven't even thought about King Ash Bay for years. I just stumbled across your podcast. Like, yeah. I'm I'm going looking at a boat now. I'm going to, uh, <laughs> yeah. gonna get, gonna get it packed no, up and good. sort of, I'm coming up this year, like we're gonna That's we're awesome. gonna do it again, come up and see what's going on, you know. Yeah. So that was the whole plan for us was yeah, just to try and um, promote the area and just, you know, yeah. Try try and get things happening a bit, you know. Um, because, you know, some not everyone wants the place to be bigger and better like so some people are happy just having it quiet yeah. unfortunately like as we spoke about with insurances and stuff before like you have to adapt because like yeah. you've got no option we have to have insurances and things like that and that costs money yeah. and then so then you have to have like the bar like we open the bar now at lunchtime yeah um, we got to pay for staff so you know there's all, all this stuff happening so we, we just need to keep progressing otherwise if you don't progress you die like you, you you know
2: no you don't move you'll you'll sit still and
1: you'll die yeah 100% mate yeah so that's only brand new. This is the first, second episode we've done Yeah, like the second one. Yeah, so um, like well, when, when we started, we didn't even have microphones. Like we had Mikey's just um, wireless, his wireless oh, yeah, Bluetooth yeah, yeah. ones, yep. you know. Yep. So, um, yeah, so it's obviously – and Mikey's just brought those ones back, that that, that microphone that you've got. He's just brought oh, that back yep. from Darwin now. Yep,
0: yeah. Um, so we've got two of them. There's one sitting over there. So we can have two guests on. We've got, yeah, four channels here. We can – uh, connect a phone through Bluetooth for this. So if we wanted to bring up a clip and play play a sound or music or something, off. yeah, nice. you know, the, the sound will go through it, and yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty good, good bit of gear. We're pretty happy. Well, yeah, that definitely makes it, it
2: easy. Fingers crossed it takes off and goes good. Oh
1: okay. yeah. Oh, the, the way it's going now, you look at the um, like what do you call it? the the like the, analytics? Yeah, like yep. the analytics, and everything's going like you know on a forty-five degree angle upwards. Per- so yeah, perfect. So and and every episode's got slightly slightly better, slightly better, slightly better, slightly better as we've gone, and then we did the one with mullet um, yeah. last oh, week's yeah. one, and the, that's the mullet like effect. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, wild.
0: Yeah, f- so um, you need to listen to that episode nine on your drive back. Yeah, I, I, download, I, download it. Oh, just to listen that. to his stories, it's it's yeah. better. And, and life.
1: that's the PG version of them yeah. too. I and cut, there's about four hundred of them. we're going to get him back on again, like in a couple of weeks, I reckon. Yeah, good. Um so uh so your your old man um more or less started that business um or moved it to where it is now. Yeah, um, he
2: grew it from what it what it was to to what it is, yeah. And and, and then it's sort of gone up in leaps and bounds from there again, yeah.
1: And so uh, you do a lot for the community. Your old man does as because well, he's he's currently the president of yep. Afant. Yep. And yep, has yep, been and for officials. quite a while, you? Yeah,
2: he's on twenty five years, I think. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know, yeah. He and he fights hard, you know, a lot of lot of that stuff is um a thankless sort of job in the background yeah. you know but he's on the phone um every day for a good couple of hours whether he's talking to ministers or his ceo or whatever it is he's always fighting for amateur fishermen yeah um and again a lot of people just don't don't see that work in the background you know they, they want it to be publicized and stuff but it just doesn't they they think that does nothing in the background but they are fighting every single day yeah with, with uh, ministers and and you know it's it's all about the way you do it as well, you know. You can't just go out and attack people, ministers, yeah. and say you're not doing this. Rah, rah. you've got to do it all diplomatically, and there's yeah. correct ways to do stuff, and there's channels you've got to go down. It takes time, you know. And,
1: and nothing's as simple as it seems
2: on the surface. Like no, yeah. no way, mate. You know, and obviously, yeah. You know, we had a few beers last night, and we we chatted about about the um, the netting and all that sort of stuff. And you know, they're working tirelessly now, you know, trying yep. to to help that. Um, situation for both
1: parties you know
2: yeah um so it's a fine line yeah
1: yeah so we we talked about that um on last week's episode um um about that briefly because obviously i saw david Trevolo, um who's the ceo of AFANT, and again for people who don't know Afant's the Amateur much association of the northern territory which is a big association it's got a lot of pull um politically like it's a it is definitely a um Yeah, A very um, political sort of um, Very powerful too.
2: It's uh, basically just a huge lobby group that, you know, all the amateur fishermen channel their concerns and things through AFANT. AFANT then lobby the government to either get things changed, get more money, get things upgraded, whatever, you know, and they
1: they work really hard on on all that sort of stuff. So, and the the big ticket item at the moment, which David's just been talking about, I think he was on the ABC radio this week or last week um, discussing it is the – Commercial barrow fishing, the the which is netting, yeah, the, um, netting industry. So maybe like the way the way I thought it was was that basically, or the issue was that um, uh, commercial barrow netters have been working in uh, Buckingham Bay area, so like west of Nullumboy and then and now um, basically tos that own that that land and that that sea country there um, have uh remove the access so so there's no access there for commercial netters and the concern now is that they're going to move into places where wreck fish fish is that is that the general
2: yeah it's just it's about sharing the load pretty much you know like um obviously the less places they have to go that they can go the more pressure it's going to put on individual fisheries yeah so you know you start closing off all these areas without decreasing the amount of licenses out there yeah then you've still got the same amount of fishermen. They've just got less areas to to go.
1: You're just condensing the problem into one area yeah. or two areas, yeah. And
2: all all you know, like I believe that everyone should be able to go to a restaurant and get a um a wild caught barramundi filler. Yeah. Like that's you know that's not not the um not the goal here is not to um get rid of that altogether. It's about conservation. Like if you had an area that. Gets netted. Um, what's a net worth? Um, what, how much net can they have a kilometre? I, it? I think it's a, I oh, think it's a thousand meters. Yeah. Yeah. So kilometre a net, right? You have maybe one person working an area for ten or fifteen years, as he's done. Pokes along, does a bit. You know, it yeah. doesn't. It hasn't affected the stocks here too much. You close another area and then that one boat that was fishing that area then will then goes down to that other follow spot. Yeah. There's two boats there now. There's two mm. kilometres of net there now. All of a sudden you're doubling the take straight out of there. Yeah. You know, so you're going to affect the, the amount of fish in the system to a point where you're probably going to decimate it. Yeah. Um, then you're going to wreck the recreational side of it. You're yeah. going to wreck your commercial side of it. So when they flog that spot to death, they're going to have to go somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. Then they're going to flog that spot to death. So – I mean, the way the, the smart way I see it would be to put in a quota system. Yeah, you know, where it's like, righty, yeah, look, you can absolutely fish there during those times, but you can only take this much out. Um, from what I've seen, the they've tried to set some sort of uh, quota thing, but it's uh, the data that they've used is uh, it's just not correct. Yeah, basically, um, you know, they've used some data from a twenty-year period when, say, you know, as a one place has been fished by one boat for 20 years um, and he's just poked along. He's got a few hundred ton, whatever. And then last year two boats rocked up there and it skyrocketed the, the data up. They've taken that as the maximum amount you're allowed to take out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's just a bit skewed if you ask me. Like it's yeah. been f- like flogged worse than it ever has been that year and that's the maximum now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, wouldn't you
2: have averaged the data out
1: sort of thing? And Yeah, looked at, yeah looked at an average over, yeah. over a period of but time. But again,
2: look, like, yeah, that... <clears throat> That, that's why we have AFAN and that, you know, we need those people to support those associations that fight for that because the, the industry, the recreational fishing industry, you guys know. I mean, why do people come here? Yeah. Recreational exactly. fishing.
1: You know, the, the money that it drives through the NT economy is absolutely huge. Well, um, but that's it for, for us here. Like, that's 100%. Like, without fishing, there would, there would be no King Ash Bay. Exactly. Like, you know, yeah. there's a big business now, you know. Yep. Um, it's a very substantial business and, um, well, we're, we're a club but we're obviously we're, we're a business as well, you know, so um, without, without that wreck fishing stuff, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll be buggered. And not just that, like places like Catherine and, and all these places that you wouldn't get anyone to go there. No, all these hubs, mate,
2: you know, that, that service these, these places where they fish, if you if, if people rocked up here and they went out the mouth of the MacArthur and saw three commercial netting boats out there yeah. decimating stocks and then they come back... You know, next year and the fish are getting less and less and less. Well, you know, something's got to be done about that. So, like I said, I'm all for being able to order a, a beautiful wild caught barramundi fillet. Yeah. like that's that's everyone's should be able to do that. But it just it
1: needs to be managed. Needs better. to be controlled. It seems, you know. So. Yeah, it, it's it is hard because it's it's. I think the territory is fairly unique. I think compared to a lot of places where um, the the actual the actual ocean and rivers and things are actually owned by people. Like that's owned by traditional owners and stuff. So, I mean, it'd be hard to be in government as well, trying to work work things out when you have the landowner says we don't we want to shut this area off, and that sort of because you know at the, at the same time you've got um, like the commercial operator has been operating for however many years or whatever, like they've still got a business to run as well. So, I mean, it'd be a tough place to be in government trying to actually work it all out, but. Mm. um certainly yeah, don't yeah, envy their position yeah like th- th- but it. obviously you know you don't want to ruin the um the rec side of things because that's a massive industry you know and it's a huge mate
2: absolutely huge yeah the the flow on effect you know there's two and a half thousand people employed directly um because of recreational fishing yeah let alone all the subsidiary businesses like us you know the, that sort of thing yeah it's um it's huge mate
1: yeah, well, that's it. even like like my parents' business in town. You know, without wreck fishing, you know, like the service station, you don't only have the local, you know, um, uh, people that are that are live yep. locally um, buying stuff off you. But like without tourist season, you're buggered, you know, because as you know, like this time of year is hard to make money at this time of year. Like there's no one here.
2: No, that's right. And and you know when you want to when you want them to come, they want to be able to catch a barra. Yeah, want to have a good time. So yeah, look, fingers crossed that common sense prevails and they'll. They'll do something, but
1: yeah. Election year this year, so yeah, there'll, be a, there'll be a lot of promises, made. There's <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> a lot going on this year, I think, guys. Yeah, so we're, we're really lucky. Um, um, we got um, Edjo, uh, Steve Edgington, as our local member um, after the last territory election. We're, we're really lucky we've got him because he, he comes out here all the time and he's like... Always mess- sends messages, gives you a phone call. Hey, what's going on down there? Is there anything going on? That, you know, I'm yeah. going up to Darwin this week. Is there anything you want me to bring up? Or, yeah, that's perfect. You yeah. know, and that's why we got the funding for that phone tower now. Is you know, because again, work from edge You know, yep. we oh, should
0: try get him on the podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, when he comes down next. Like yeah, he's just yeah, such a good fella. Like he bloody um, always calling up, seeing what's going on. You know yeah. do you, what what he's need is, you know is everything going alright? And yeah, like I say, now we have got that phone tower. That's massive. That's a game changer for us here. Like yep. that yep. in the in the tourist season, um, not just for safety of people going out in the boat and that, where you have service. You know, hopefully down the river and that. But like all the people that are traveling that do run businesses remotely and stuff, which is you know post pandemic, is a lot of people that are traveling that still run businesses or. Like Mike, and they run an online business, you know. Um, and like you would have seen it in Catherine, the amount of people that come through now. Like, every other caravan's got, oh, follow us on our Instagram, or (laughs) everyone's trying to do the trip in a van type, bloody uh, YouTube channels and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, um, so you know, and and those people need um, phone service and, and internet to be able to you know do their work. So, um so, yeah, having Ejo here has been, buddy, a godsend yeah. for us.
2: Yeah, and without sort of getting too political, I suppose, like we, we're lucky in Catherine as well, you know, our local member, uh, mate, she's at every single event that, yeah, let, yep. that we have on. Like, you know, I see her everywhere. Her name is on stuff sponsored all the time. Like, you know, and that's that's what you want, I suppose, from a politician is to be yep. in touch with your people and your town and, and know what's going on and, and you have your ear to the ground. Yeah.
1: Well, election year this year, mate, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out but um, – you know, it's always it's always good though because it's this is when you can start actually getting some stuff done. Yeah, well, you can <laughs> you can get a few promises. Yeah, from get promises the
2: I don't know how they follow them through, but yeah, at least you can get something.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, what else we got, Mike? The, uh, anything? Is anything you think, anything else you want to plug or anything? Oh no, or not, not
2: really, mate. I, um, like I suppose a big thing is like from. Um, my point of view and and you would be the same as that small local business stuff you know yeah. like um, you know there's big guys in in every industry yeah um, but I suppose like I suppose like just ask people to take a minute and have a look at the the big guys and see what they do for their town yeah yeah um, and just things like that it goes a long way when you spend at a mum and dad shop compared to a um yeah that's it giving a CEO something else eh
1: yeah that's it so like in, in yeah instead of going online and buying something from one of the big you know big name brand retailers or something like that because people can go online and you, your shop's online yeah, now. yeah
2: we're online we're, the biggest thing we struggle with mate is is the shipping you know yeah. like um you know we we can ship um sort of 60 percent of our stuff because you know lures and that it's not too bad we yeah get away with that but as soon as you start trying to ship a fishing rod yeah Mm. Or or a Traeger. Or a tra- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, no, we, we do a lot of click and collect, but I couldn't, yeah, trying to ship a fishing rod, it'd cost more than the rod's worth, you know. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how, the, how the big guys get away with it. Um, obviously, that's, again, that just sat buying power and, and the shipping power and that. But, yeah, just, um, yeah, it's always good to support a, a local small business that supports back to your town, I suppose, yeah. what, What's your website? Uh, RodRifle.com.au.
1: Rod and Rifle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. and and you've got um, you're on facebook as well yeah we're so. on
2: facebook we're on facey and on instagram um that's about as far as we're gonna go at this stage i think yeah yeah, yeah. it takes enough of your time just doing those you uh, gonna start a tiktok mate no <laughs> <laughs> can't
1: do it Have
0: you got a tiktok Mikey? i do yeah i get i've got literally uh oh, 30 million views or something on videos on there but yeah nice they're not quality views if you know what i mean like they're, they're, don't look at the comment section on, on TikTok. It's a cesspool <laughs> of just idiots. Yeah. 12-year-old kids, bloody, uh,
1: you know, telling you how you're doing things. Yeah. So.
2: Oh, mate, isn't – yeah, like – and that that's a shame because, you know, we, we try to do educational videos as well as much as we can, like, yep. you know, filleting fish and stuff like that. But you're scared to do it because there's trolls out there that yeah. have just got nothing better to do at yeah. the time than just tear you apart. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it makes people a little bit nervous, I suppose, trying to do that sort of stuff, eh? Yeah, I mean, you'd see it, Mikey Like, I'm constantly deleting comments. Yeah, from people who are just looking to have a crack at you. Yeah, yeah. I
0: try and leave like that. Especially on YouTube, my fan base is is sort of good enough that if someone does say something unreasonable You've or got stupid, some good other there. people will comment back at them and and, yeah. and shut them down. Yeah. Um. If someone's just absolutely blatantly over the top, like, just yeah, bad, Like, I'll, I'll I'll ban them. Yeah. Just straight up ban. Cool. But if it's just like a a middle of the roads, yeah. Not to just a someone telling me I'm an idiot, and no, I've, I've, I'm you're the worst fish <laughs> I've, I've ever seen. I don't know if that's their opinion, you know. Yeah. And if that gave them – if that put a smile on their face that day, then I've been yeah. so beat, you know. Like, isn't
2: it sad though? Like,
0: <laughs> as a society, that like. Yeah,
2: that's the way it is like yeah. on the internet like imagine being a kid trying to navigate that stuff oh. you know like
1: um, i yeah. like to go back to school these days oh, mate. Oh, mate.
2: like yeah you just want to put up a video of like oh here I am buddy having a bit of fun catching a fish oh you're a dickhead mate yeah, yeah. yeah. thanks buddy appreciate that <laughs> hope you feel better
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah luckily i'd say at this stage on youtube probably what one percent of the comments are negative like yep. there's 99 percent it's all like oh, i love your stuff yep yeah ke- keep it up like like we want to see more you know all these sort of comments Yeah,
2: nice i remember doing a video there once on <clears throat> cooking some sort of food whatever it was but it must have made it down into um south um like usa down into the southern states where yeah, they do yeah. that sort of food and, mate, oh, i has got roasted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they just
1: saw strips off me. <laughs> That's
2: not how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come over here. We'll cook you some southern barbecue. And I was like, oh, geez.
1: Just... Where did you go in the States when you were there? Um, everywhere pretty much, mate. Because um, you spent a fair while there, uh, right?
2: Yeah. So we, my brother was living in Canada in Calgary. Yeah. Um, he'd been there for a few years. So my wife and I flew into Calgary. We bought a car. Went to Home Depot and we... Ripped out the back seats of it and put a bed in it. <laughs> got it. We had a Ford Expedition. It was a beautiful car. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we put a bed in the back of it and then we just headed into the States and, yeah, we did um, three months on the first stint and just went everywhere, mate. Yeah, we drove. we drove the car through the middle of Times Square and everything in New York and um, did Christmas in New York and we went as far down to um, the Southern Point and Florida Keys and yeah. um, went through all the national parks and that and then um, – we actually went back again. We had some friends um, fly to New York and we picked them up in New York and we drove them to Vegas. Yeah. And we went via New Orleans and, um, you know, Denver and Colorado and all that stuff. And yeah, just absolutely loved it. It was, it was really, really good. Good good experience. And we actually didn't sold that car in Canada and then we flew to South America and just started poking around place to place and ended up going to Egypt and seeing the pyramids. Bloody and, hell. Yeah. And <laughs> Africa and yeah I was quite lucky um started my apprenticeship when I was young um I was seventeen or eighteen, I think so by the time i'd I'd done ten years um it was just under thirty, and I'd had long service leave, yep. up and on also um you know quite a bit of holiday pay, so we just we lived in Darwin at that stage and we just sold everything we had a couple of houses we still got those and we just rented them out and just disappeared for a while. yeah um, we flew out to the east of Australia and we came back from the west and um yeah. It's good, hell. good experience. I look back now, and yeah. I would encourage anyone that's ever thought about it, or you know, that's a young fella, or even young lady, young man that wants to do it, to go and do it because yeah. there's, there's a bloody big world out there, and it'll it'll reality check you pretty quick.
1: Yeah, especially you come from little old Catherine mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> driving yeah. through Times Square is a bit different than driving. Yeah, <laughs> big time. But you know, got friends for
2: life too. You know, yeah. um, uh, Mike, I remember um, like a Canadian friend of ours um, who. ...he comes over fishing. Um, he was actually really good mates with my brother. And he comes over, goes barrow fishing with us. And he's just very intricate, loves to Google and YouTube stuff. And so what he could find most on YouTube was yourself, barrow fishing. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, he uh, come over and... Um, did I do a video? Yeah, you yeah, did yeah, a video yeah. for me where yeah. we sent it to him and and said... Uh, ...yeah, he said, yeah, is Mikey Cunningham here coming to you from Australia? And, yeah, he absolutely loved that and... <laughs> Yeah, like we're just, just – um, you have those connections now where, you know, I can take my kids to to places in the States where we've got friends and they can go and experience what it's like to live in a place. Like, yep. um, it's different when you go there on a holiday but if you've got friends there, you know, as, as you guys would know and you actually go and stay at their house and you do things that locals do. Um, so, yeah, there's places all around the world where we've got a couple of contacts. It's been been a really good thing for us. We we spend some money um, doing it too. but
1: Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah, it's not cares? cheap No, nah, it wasn't cheap you I'm know, going in a week's time flying to the States Nice, where are you yeah, off to? Going to um, we're going to, uh, only got a couple of weeks there Me and my brother, my old man um, We're going to fly to LA And then um, LA pretty much straight to I think we're going via I think we've got to land in Denver Change over to what, what planes in Denver And then go to uh, Nashville Then we're going to Nashville yep. for a week And then from there we're going up to Vegas for the NRL Yeah, awesome the first round of oh, the NRL yeah, there geez, So that'll be good, far out yeah, yeah, super looking forward. We just had, um, yeah, like friends of ours, um, well, a mate of ours was just down in uh, Sydney and caught up with um, one of his relatives and he's actually got a, uh, had three spare tickets for his, um, he's got like a, a suite, private suite, right on the 50 metre line. So um, he's like, oh, do you, do you guys want a, some tickets to this private suite? Like, no, we're all uh, right, mate, don't worry
0: about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: All the grogs included. I'll, I'll get oh. me money's worth. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. They're all rooster supporters, aren't they?
1: Yeah. Uh, no, I think there's a couple of Broncos supporters okay. in there, but um, but no, it'll be right. will oh, Mate, it'll that'll be, be unreal. unreal. Yeah.
2: No. Just it just it's a real, like I said, reality check to to go to these places where you know America was fighting a a civil war when Ned Kelly was running around. Yeah. The bush here in in Australia, you know, like, and you go to somewhere like Cairo um in Egypt it's got the same population in that city than what Australia does the whole of Australia you know like some of that stuff just yeah it's just amazing to to think the rest of the world and there's a lot there's a big world out there and it makes your problems and, and life seem really insignificant. Yeah. And you start kicking around a bit.
1: It is it is good when you live like, obviously, out, like Catherine's remote enough and then you, you come like out here and there's, you know, this time of year there's 30 people here, 40 people here. It is good to go away and, and get in get amongst that sort of stuff. Eh? And just yeah. really puts a different perspective on life. Like yeah. I went to... Um, Europe for Christmas a few years ago and like we were in Rome walking around the streets of Rome and looking at stuff that's you know tens of thousands of years old and you think geez how insignificant are we and everyone's complaining about this stupid stuff going on at home oh, yeah. just yep. it just completely <laughs> changes your perspective of, of life and you know it makes you not worry so much about the little things yeah. and um, yeah travel's definitely definitely the go. Uh, do you do like, any fishing when you're there?
2: Um <laughs> oh look my wife's not a huge fisherwoman which is which is fine I had a rod through um, through most of the the states and you just like there's a lot of rules obviously you yeah you have yep. permits here and fish here and so we did a lot of trout fishing did a heap of trout fishing and pike fishing in um in Canada with the friends up there so that was good but yeah I didn't do a hell of a lot um wasn't really you know I didn't want to burden my wife with having to, yeah, to worry yeah. about if I want to do a fishing trip I'll do one sort of go to target something so
1: yeah I saw your old man um uh, he went to the states not that long ago, hey, and he went and got uh, tarpon. Is yeah, that-
2: so he, um, me brother, and him and a few others flew to a um, place called Silver King Lodge. Yep. Um And yeah, they they go and catch bloody big tarpon, like two two hundred pound things. Yeah. And they catch them on like a like a marabou jig. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, on, on these old spin reels and um, give them a battle for an hour and a half. Actually, those those rods um, I was talking about those five piece rods. Dad took them over there, and uh, the guides there. Dad's unpacking them, and the guides just going, "What? What are you doing, mate? Like <laughs> so to catch a fish on these? Like not on that thing? Not, <laughs> no way, no. Anyway, Dad hooked up, got a got a massive fish on this five piece rod, and those guides are just gobsmacked by the things. They, eh? they just, yeah. Every every time I use those, they keep blowing me away. They're unbelievable. But after that, he flew to actually to Guatemala, yeah, and went sail fishing. And now we're catching 20, 30 sails a day yeah, as well wow. as, you
1: know, <laughs> 10 to 15 dolphin fish in between that.
2: Yeah, bloody hell. Just a different world, eh? Yeah.
1: Have you ch- chased any, um, any billfish out here at all?
2: Yeah, so when I was younger, um, we used to do that nonstop. Like my first sort of ever trips to King Asher with me old man and, um, and Crofto, another guy from Catherine, and we would just come out, um, stay on the boat, out around the, the points of Anllyn there and that, yep. and then go way offshore. You know, in the morning we'd be punching out for an hour and a half or something like that. Then we'd be trolling all day. And as a kid, it was boring as batshit back then. <laughs> but yeah, we would hook um, we would hook a lot of good and a lot of good, lot of good sailfish out there. Um, I haven't done it too much these days. Uh, I'm getting back into it. It's a it's a fine art. Like I don't really know what I'm doing with it to be honest. Yeah, I yeah. really need. Um, yeah, I've never caught one. Yeah, need a bit of help to to get it. I've got all the lures and stuff like that. We just sort of. Um, we get, brother and I get distracted too easy and go and catch a reef fish somewhere or something. Well, that's the
1: thing, though. It's not, not a bad thing if you're looking for new country and you're just trolling around you've got that gear. You yeah, You just definitely. troll around and then just keep an eye on the sound and if you might come yeah. across something, you know. Yeah, and you,
2: but you go out, like you punch out for, for two hours and you go out around this reef and, um, you know, you troll around the reef and... You go too close to the reef, you just get smashed by a big mackerel, yeah, get chopped off or something, and then all of a sudden you're on top of the reef, and you might as well drop a jig down. Oh, look, a big red emperor or something, you know. And it's <laughs> like it's hard to it's hard to troll around the reef for hours hoping for a sailfish yeah. when you know you can just go on top of it there and have a bit of fun, you know. So, um, but yeah, we'll, uh, look, it's just got to get back into it again, and we've got all the gear there. We just need to
1: pull our finger out and do look, it. There's been some big billfish caught this uh, this year, just gone. Um, well guys stayed out at Weeby that the last time they I were here that they, got photo, big, yeah. they got a big they got a big mall last time they were here as well i think Okay. Um. But they got the one this year. Was it was massive. The photo there, Brett. Brett. I think we we talked about it. Yeah, before, it's been but, on the
0: podcast. Yeah. Um.
1: But yeah, they got a massive island. Like, well, for for here. But like they're, a,
2: they're catching them. Like, you can see the island in the background on yeah. the photos. Hey, like they're yeah. right there. Yeah. Well, look,
1: I've seen them a few times just at North Rock. You know, like yep. off the top of North Island there. I've yep. seen them a few times. Like when I was um, chartering back in the day, I used to go there um, a fair bit because we used to go into Paradise Bay and give people a break. Like, especially if you. – a lot a lot of my customers were like great nomads and stuff and they'd get a bit buggered being in the sun all day yep. and and you know especially if it was a bit rough or windy they so used to go into that paradise bay there and give them a spell um for lunch or whatever but yeah, used to fish that north, around that north rock a little bit and um a few times now i've been there and had them come up to the back you know stainless steel props just slowly turning in the and just flash the, and, and they just come up and just literally just cruise you know um I'm you really think there's like. been sharks something coming up and they just sit there and you know, and these are big fish. Like yeah. they're, you know, they're, you know, bloody, you know, 40, 50 kilo at least. And then, um, um, uh, other mates of ours had them. They come up. One came in and um, chased the They were on the spot lock on the electric motor. Yep. And same thing. It just like flared right up and come right in. Then and, and yeah, took a couple of swipes of that electric uh, motor.
2: Those um, <clears throat> the boys up in in Grutenet they tag a lot of those um, those sails and marlin with GPS trackers and that. Yeah. One of the trips we're coming out here, um, David Cherivolo rang dad and said, oh, mate, we have we tagged a, a, um, a billfish up at Groot and the, the receiver's pinging off um, North Island. Hasn't moved. It's just pinging on the beach there somewhere. Can you yep. go and try and find the receiver? Because the thing's worth oh. a few grand, you know. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. dad goes there with this big high hopes of just going to walk on the beach and find this receiver, <laughs> you know. But he g- goes around there and he makes a plan to do it, you know, on the right tide and that and gets there. Pulls up on the beach, hops out of the boat, walks over, picks up the thing and hops back in the boat. Oh, no <laughs> way.
1: <laughs> well, the thing's this big, mate, the size of a rock. And, yeah, and it's come from three hundred kilometres yeah. across the ocean, and, yeah. he's,
2: and he's pulled up right on the beach. He didn't have anyway, he just oh just, so I said, Oh, second beach around, maybe you'll find it there. <laughs> pulls up, walks up, here it is. Hops back on the boat. <laughs> oh, how good's that. Uh, but yeah, no, it's interesting that they do all that tag and that and see how much they travel and Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I I wish they did a lot more with the barra, like there's yeah. so much unknown about them. Like yeah. you know, we we guess a lot about what they do and where yeah. they go, and but you don't really have any solid data. Um, they did a little bit around the Roper there for a while, where they tagged them and they had these boys up the river, and they'd ping when they went past the boy. Yeah, um, and they were doing some amazing amount of traveling up and down the river and in and out with every tide cycle and that. But yeah, it's still. Um, Still a bloody guess of what they're doing half the time, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well we used to here we used to have um InfoFish used to um uh, Bill Soynock um, used to do run a program here through through the fishing club and um, we had used to have uh, tagging kits. Yep. so you'd get um little diary, um, the uh the tagging bloody um the the, the the tool yep. yeah the, the tool to put the tags in little instruction thing and then it'd say right i just measure the fish record where it was what the tag number is and then um and then like if somebody caught it later on they'd call the number on the tag and same thing you'd tell them how long it was wh- where you caught it and then they'd go right i put it into a thing but Hasn't been done here for quite a while. It'll mm. be nice to get it going again but, um, yeah. again, it's one of them things. It's, um, you know, it's all money, you know. Well, it is and, uh, like, um,
2: we, we still tag our barra um, in the Vic River and the Roper River a lot so yep. quite often you'll get a recapture and, you know, the thing's grown this far and, and moved this much and it's it's good data, it's interesting to see and it also makes people um, sort of, I don't know, pretty happy when they catch a, t- a fish that somebody else has caught. It shows yeah. you that yeah. they survive the only thing like million dollar fish has been absolutely awesome. It's just that any time a tag fish is caught now, they kill it.
1: Yeah, because yeah.
2: they're not sure. Obviously, and yeah. that's fine. Like, yeah, it, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. You're, you're still allowed to keep them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it just means that you know his trip, his tag trips over. But yeah, uh, a lot of people any any tag fish is worth a million bucks. Yeah, <laughs>
1: and has that made a big difference to, to business? Oh, do you think huge, the million dollar mate. fish?
2: Yeah, it's been been oh, really cool. good. eh? like um, just the amount of blokes that come up. Um, big groups of them will come up in the runoff in sort of a month or two. They've been in the car talking, fishing for four days yep. from wherever they come from. They are just chomping at the bit. You know, they get in the shop, they're full of energy, they're happy. It's so good to see them come up in the big groups of mates, just going to go for a fish. And you know, look, none of them really expect to catch it, but they just want to come up, have fun, catch a barramundi, experience of a lifetime. You know, yep. they might only do it once, but. He changes their life yeah um, gets in their blood and then they're done
1: yeah that's it's a bucket list for a lot of people i suppose you know especially you know you live in sydney and melbourne so that's a long way to travel and oh, um right, yeah. you know it's uh
0: yeah when you're saying they're chomping at the bit how often do you get a, a group coming into the lodge or something and they've arrived in the afternoon and they're here for 10 days but that afternoon they'll put the boat in straight oh, yeah. away they, they're so they're like and they'll go oh we just want to do a bit of a recce you know yeah they're <laughs> so keen no. that it's 100%. Get off straight on the water. Like
2: We're the same, mate. You know, you drive here from Catherine and you, you start yeah. telling yarns to each other and all of a sudden you're in the boat as quick as you can. You, <laughs> you know, like you, every second counts when you first get here. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's like, hurry up, get the strap off, fill over the field. Did we do this? Did we do that? Let's go. Come on.
1: <laughs> get the Starling turned on. Yeah, up. get <laughs> the Starling turned on. Got to keep in contact. The mate. live stream. <laughs> the, yeah. no. that, that is a game changer too though, isn't it, the oh, Starling? Mate. Like we've got – we got it on our boat um, that I live on when I'm working and um, got it at the house and it's just so good to be out there and have, have yeah like that connection
2: yeah and, and look a lot of people um, I mean if you again if you don't like your job they, they don't want service yeah they don't want to have people ringing them but I'm, the diff- I'm different mate I want to hear from my family I want to hear from customers you know like and I want to show them that you're out there you're not just selling the stuff you're actually using mm. it you know there's a big difference to putting it on the shelf and then actually being able to tell someone yeah I've used that and caught
1: caught fish on it and so this know. this trip you've just done now yeah, because you had Starlink on the boat because you were uploading videos as yep. you're actually out there so you're doing like R&D basically this trip with yep. um, with your mate Brad yep. who's yep. from um, Adrenaline Outdoors yeah. from Adrenaline Outdoors so he's a supplier of um, Jabba's fishing rods yeah so
2: there. he's an um, Australian importer of um, there's this guy named Isaac um, Singaporean fellow who's just his brain is this wide for fishing yep. you know he he just designed stuff that he just thinks like a bloody fish i don't know how that happens but he just has this idea of how to build something and he builds it strong and builds it well i remember um look i was um oh, i be four years ago i was a proper questioning the whole thing he he said you know get a hold of this fellow but this was before they were importing him, yep. and he said here get a hold of this fellow and, and buy a couple of these rods and and bring them over. You know, and they come in this case, uh, not even a metre long.
0: Yeah. Put
2: them together and we're going to break this
0: thing in ten seconds, you know. And <laughs> There's a stigma around <coughs> – like yeah. I, I worked at BCF for a little while, yep. years ago, and um, yep. a lot of people, like, they didn't want to buy a two-piece or a three-piece or yep. anything like that. They they think, like, it's going to be weak at the joins or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. The, the footage I've seen of these five-piece oh, rods, yeah, and that, I, you're putting I, some I, hurt I, on them.
2: I bought those rods and I went I – w- I didn't even use them. put mm. them in my shed for,
0: for two <laughs> years.
2: <laughs> Because I was like, I'm just—they're not going to work, mate. You know. And then finally, Brad kept annoying the shit out of me to use them. And then now I'm addicted to them because <laughs> they just—they really do. They do exactly as they're supposed to. Like you'll see on that Goldie video. You know, I pull the thing apart first and show you how big it is, and just put it back together and send it over. And then I purposely put hurt on them to show how much you can bend them things. And. This guy, the way he's made them, the ferrules and the joins and that, they just – they work well. And, and if you are unlucky to break them, like you can break them, the tip section, you hit a canopy or we all yeah. break rods. Yeah, jam it in the car door or yeah, something like that. Just buy a new tip section.
0: Stick it in the rotor yeah, blades yeah. and the choppers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. A, yeah, <laughs> so you can buy a piece. Yeah, you can buy any piece of the rod. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah so like I know – these, Because these aren't entry-level rods. These are
2: the, Yeah, these are, these are 300 are $400 rods. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you buy a new piece for – I don't know, 80 bucks. Yeah. yeah. You know, so you're not up for a whole new rod. Yeah. And if you go away on an extended trip, take one or two tip pieces just in case Yeah. you snap yeah. one, then well, away you go. You can just replace it. And, um, you know, I have a lot of rods at the shop where they're all missing the same piece. Yeah. And they don't make the replacement piece for the, you know, a couple of the certain three piece travel rods. They don't make the tip section for it. Mm. People come in, they got to buy a whole new rod, mm. you know, so. Yeah, and, then, and the, the range is huge, mate. You've got um, anything from like that light jigging rod I use to a barrow rod to the the beast flogger, which is like for big, um, big barrow big soft plastics, and then you've got the game changer, which is for those tarpon. I yep. was catching two hundred pound tarpon on them, and again, mate, that guide laughed at him, mm. and the guide at the end just was like, "Wow, that's
1: amazing." Yeah, you know, like you. It's amazing the technology yeah. that, get, that gets put into fishing gear these days. It, it is,
2: mate, and it really, like, yeah, you. <clears throat> I was a, I was a proper just like yeah they're never going to work so yeah I was like yeah and then I started using them then I'm like oh yeah righto you've convinced me they're absolutely awesome so um and yeah to be able to replace a piece if you break it makes life a lot bloody
1: easier yeah yeah for sure yeah. and so you you were trying some new jigs as well
2: yeah so this fellow just you know, comes up with ideas and stuff and um, he makes these those little sort of, um, I suppose just call them a moxie sparkle they're called and and they've got um, a flat on one side and a keel on the other. Mm. So just when you send them down, um, it just does this beautiful little dance on the way down instead of just sort of dropping straight down and and up like, you know, you do with a gulp or something, gulp will shoot up and down like it'll do its little sporadic thing. But those those sparkles, they just give you – Sort of a five to ten second window of dropping, yeah, and it just seems to turn them fish on. Because
1: quite often when you get the bite, it is on the on the drop as well. It like- is,
2: mate. Yeah, you you won't ever really pull up. Generally, you don't pull up and get a hit. It's yeah. you pull it up, and as it's dropping, you'll see that line. Yeah. Just do a little dart, and then when you load it up, you'll you'll feel them on there. So, um, yeah, he's he's completely changed my mindset too on 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 the whole fishing side because um, I was not a big um believer in those metal jigs yeah I just wasn't again i just didn't try them. didn't use them enough wasn't shown how to use them properly so we used to use gulps so much you know just a jig head with a big gulp on it yeah and they worked awesome and i just found these jigs you can't destroy them mm. you know i've got a um solid ring on them with a proper strong hook the gulps you're obviously always changing all the time yeah so yep. these these ones you just send them down and there you go and when it's quiet and you're not getting a fish, you can put a slice of meat on them, like a slice of fish on them. Yeah. And just sit it on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. And they'll eat it anyway. Yeah. So it's sort of... Um, yeah, you don't don't really need a padanoster
1: with all that stuff on it and... Yeah. Good That's fun like, too, I suppose, jigging rather than just oh, sitting man, there with dead bait and...
2: Yeah. No, there's nothing better than than jigging it up and down and then when you go to load, you know, pull it up and it's loaded and then they're just powering down. <laughs> you know, you can feel their tail. Just They just know where they want to go and yeah. you're trying to turn their head. Yeah, I mean, that's why you fish, like, I, I love, you know, bait fishing is fine because you, you can catch fish, but I bloody love it when they, they hit you on a jig. You know, you've, you've convinced that fish that that's a real, real thing and then you've hit it and you've caught it and you've landed it. And unfortunately with that video I did, that uh, the old tax man came along and, and took half <laughs> me goldie. But um, yeah, it's good to be able to, to trick a fish, one of them goldies are 30 or 40 years old, or something, like yeah. That. You know, those things, you know, so they're pretty smart, they've been around a while, yeah.
1: And um, buddy, tastes good though. So, um, those um, jigs, they're a new, new product now, yeah. A new one, you're um, gonna start stocking them, yeah. I've got them on the shelf now already, mate. Um,
2: and that's the thing, like I said, I don't really like to just put on the shelf and say, Here's a new one, it's like right, oh, well, yeah, I use it first, yeah. And I had success on it. His video shows you I did, did use it, and yeah, there's, and like I said early on, mate. It's easy to do it when you love it. Um, so there's a huge range of stuff that your jig heads and all sorts of stuff, mate. These jabbers guys, and he's a he's a really smart fellow. this Singaporean, he's he's got it sorted, and he knows the technology, knows the factories. So you know a lot of the stuff he sent me, he's found like we've found mistakes with it. Had a like a three jig head with a, a Z Man plastic on it with a um, had a little um, spot on it for a stinger. Yep, I put the stinger on. it. Hooked fish, the jig head come back with no stinger. Mm. So I grabbed the jig head out and I pulled the the ring out of it and just pulled straight out. But Uh the thing is, I can ring um, Brad who rings Isaac. Isaac goes to the factory and says, "The hell's going on here?" Yeah. yeah. And three days later, in express post, I get all new jigs with different, um, redone different things. Yeah. And goes here now test them and can't break the things now. So you know, it's good to have that direct contact to go right. Oh well, yeah. Here we need to fix this. It didn't work. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah, so it's good having somebody in the industry like yourself that's that is out there. You're not just in it to make money; you enjoy doing it. And you actually go out and test the gear and, and make sure it's working before you before you unsell it to people. And yeah, that's and it. you know you stand by your stuff. Then I suppose and that's the biggest thing:
2: standing by it and knowing that yeah, well, yeah, it's a bloody good product. Mm.
1: Yeah. So, so if anyone wants anything from you, mate, they can find you at uh, on your website. Yeah,
2: on our website, mate, on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. You can ring me up out of the phone book. Bloody chat to me anytime. I don't mind. Um, don't mind. I'm always on. Um, Instagram Messenger and that and, yep. and that as well we reply as quick as we can to any of that stuff and that's all me I haven't, I haven't got a bloody media person replying to any questions <laughs> yeah or, yep. um, you know sales inquiries or emails it's it's me mum and dad you know so yep. it's a small business and you know who you're talking to pretty much
0: yeah yep. yeah. so get out there guys support, support the people that support you what do you reckon mate yeah mate we should probably uh, <laughs> <coughs> think about shutting it down. We're probably going to what two part two part I of this one we'll maybe? What have is, we got? Two, two hours and twenty four minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good stretch, eh? Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. No, well, th- <laughs> thanks for coming on, mate. Hey, no, no worries. Yeah, mate. Thanks oh, bloody, um, mate. Appreciate it. Glad thanks. I run
2: into you last night. We were saying we should catch up anyway, so it's good. And um, anytime you's, I can do it over the phone, even having a chat. Yeah,
1: have a chat, yeah, mate, yeah. We can have a chat hey? yeah, absolutely, mate. We, we can work something out. We're um yeah, you've got something happening or, you know, new yeah. products coming well, even, in or nah, uh, events or anything. need to come out to the big
2: horse and I need to come out to the bloody Easter comp. Yeah, yeah. And
1: yeah.
2: nah, we can do a bit of stuff,
1: eh? Yeah, nah, for sure, mate. All right. All right. We Thanks could. again, mate. Nah. All, no worries, we'll see you bro. again soon. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Cheers, bros. F- champion. Oh. oh, look at that. <laughs> oh, Guys in the golf.